Hey, if I've not met you before, as Philip has said, I'm Phil. Uh, I lead the team here at, uh, at St. Paul's. And it is, um, it's a privilege to speak to you on Palm Sunday. It is Palm Sunday. It's a Sunday to be excited. Uh, and you'll see, as Philip mentioned, you've got palm crosses because we're proper Anglicans. Uh, and that's what we do. So, yeah, wave your, wave your palm cross if you're happy to be here. Great. Um, you can take that away with you, stick it on your fridge, uh, remind you of all that Jesus has done for you throughout uh, this coming year. Uh, and today we're going to get stuck into a classic Palm Sunday Bible study. Uh, we're going to look at the story in the life of Jesus, which is commonly known as Jesus's triumphant entry. Uh, and you will see palms, not palm crosses, but palm branches uh, make an entry into the story. And that's why we have our palm crosses to remember this part of the story. So we're going to be jumping uh, into the Gospel of John. We've got eight amazing verses to walk through uh, together uh, and think about this incredible episode in the life of Jesus. And it really is an amazing moment. Uh, And it kicks off this incredible final week before Jesus heads to the cross. Uh, It's an amazing moment for us to reflect on and to consider. Uh, So why don't you turn with me to John chapter 12. Uh, The word's going to come up on the screen, and we're going to be reading from verses 12 to 18. So the next day, uh, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches hence Palm Sunday, and they went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Now Jesus found a young donkey and he sat upon it as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your kingdom is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. And at first his disciples did not understand all this, Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Why don't you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your gospels. Jesus, thank you for these windows into your life here on earth. And as we just take these moments now to to gaze upon you, to look at your life, would you challenge us, encourage us, send us out uh, encouraged, full of your spirit. Amen. 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 Uh, Well, I don't know about you, but I am a big fan uh, of Netflix's The Crown. Any other Crown fans uh, here? Uh, Last year, uh, I watched uh, Series 3, which I'm sure many of you did. Uh, I loved it. Uh, And uh, it's amazing to see how the story unfolds. And particularly in the last season, that I found particularly interesting was the story of Prince Charles. And, uh, you know, the, the opportunity that we have through this show uh, to get a glimpse of the different experiences and encounters uh, that a 
according to the show's writer and directors, uh, according to that show, the experiences uh, that have shaped who he is and shaped his, his character. Uh, and for me, it's moved Prince Charles from being this kind of unknown, distant, slightly mysterious figure operating in an unknown, distant, and slightly mysterious world to being someone who I see uh, feels really deeply about lots of things and has a very particular character that he brings to the things that he does. And and someone uh, who, when he eventually does become king, will bring his particular character to his kingdom, to our kingdom, our united kingdom. And, and in a sense, it's similar when we study the Gospels and we look and take the time to see Jesus and the experiences and the encounters that shape who he is. And we get to know his character and the kind of king that he is uh, and the character of his kingdom. Yeah, that's why it's really important that we take the time to look at Jesus, to read scripture, to engage with who he is. Uh, And John, John's gospel is incredible. I don't know if you've read it. If you haven't, let me encourage you. Go away and read uh, John's gospel. It is an amazing piece of scripture. And John kicks off uh, his account of the life of Jesus with this big claim, a big, bold claim that Jesus is the promised Messiah, the one who has come to deliver his people. Uh, And then John kind of spends the first half of his narrative of Jesus' life kind of introducing us to these different encounters that Jesus has, uh, encounters that reveal to us something of who Jesus is. Uh, John gently reveals to us that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior. Jesus is King. And these encounters generally lead to confusion and controversy, and they upset the religious authorities of the time uh, who get fed up with Jesus messing with the status quo. And, um, and this kind of culminates in chapter 11, so about halfway through John's gospel with this incredible story about Jesus raising this guy to life called Lazarus. Lazarus has died and Jesus calls him out from the tomb. Uh, And this really is kind of the last straw for the Jewish leaders, for the religious authorities of the the time. Uh, And they begin at this point just a plot to kill Jesus. Uh, So it's a pretty epic story. It's a pretty epic story so far. Uh, But the interesting thing to me is that throughout all these encounters that we read of Jesus' life, Jesus tries to, it would seem, kind of keep a low profile. He he doesn't go out there and get like, you know, huge publicity for the amazing things that he is doing. And he kind of tries to keep it sort of on the down low. And we read things, uh, you know, like after he... uh, after he fed 5,000 people, uh, we read things like this. Uh, Knowing that the people intended to come and make him king by force, Jesus withdrew again 
to a mountainside by himself. And so we see this pattern of these encounters that Jesus has, and then he steps away and he withdraws with his disciples. He goes up a mountain, he prays, he takes time out. And it's like everything is kind of on the down low. Um, But FYI, raising someone from the dead, not good for keeping a low profile, okay? If you're ever trying to go incognito, don't raise the dead. Okay, And so all of a sudden, things really start to kick off at this point in Jesus's uh, ministry. And the whole narrative that John is presenting to us just shifts right here. It's like a hinge in the middle of the Gospel of John. It all goes off in dramatic form in chapter 12, right where we are today. Uh, and so I want you to picture the scene. Okay, Picture the scene. Uh, it's Passover. It's Passover which is one of the three compulsory uh, festivals for the Jews. And Passover in particular, at that time, attracted hundreds and thousands uh, of visitors to Jerusalem. Now, in fact, historians estimate um, that it was likely that two or three million Jews were gathered there in Jerusalem at that time for Passover. And in addition to that, there is is already a serious buzz beginning to go around about this character, Jesus. And in fact, when we read this story, which I'll come back to, uh, there are two crowds in this picture. There's two big crowds. There's one crowd who are coming from a place called Bethany, which is where Lazarus was. And they've just witnessed Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. And so now they're following him. So they're coming, this big crowd are following Jesus coming out of Bethany. And then there's a second crowd who've heard all about it. And they're coming out of Jerusalem to meet this Jesus who's coming. So you've got these two crowds converging here in this incredible picture. You know, there is no doubt right now Jesus is a sensational figure. Yeah, and of course we, you know, we know today, uh, you know, sensationalism and um, and clever publicity kind of creates hype, doesn't it? It's all we. I mean, this is what our world is built on now, isn't it? You know, but the truth is, hype doesn't last. It kind of it fades away, and sure enough, we know that many in this same crowd today who are shouting Hosanna at Jesus would have made up the same crowd next week shouting crucify so we see this incredible week commence in the life of Jesus but what I want to tell you today is that the thing about Jesus is the hype is is 